Good evening. Today we are learning Masechet's Babakama Daf Mem, and we're starting about 10 lines down at the two dots. Over the course of the last couple of days, we were discussing the application of an apotropis from a Bezdin in order to manage the account of a Cherishot Bekata. That conversation is going to continue a little bit today. Tonu Rabbanon, the Brisa writes, Apotropsim Mishalman Minho Aliyah. We had the Machlokes yesterday in the Amoraim if the apotropis is going to be the one to pay. But according to one shita, yes, the apotropis is the one to pay when he manages the account. At the very top of Lamed Testament Bays, we learned that Rabbi Yossi Reb Hanina said that yes, they pay me alias apotropis. However, they get reimbursed when they when the child becomes a gadol. Anyways, according to that shita, Rabbi Yossi Reb Hanina, this is found in a brisa. They're mishalman min ha'aliyah, but ve'ain mishalman kofer. If the animal that they are watching on behalf of a cher shot of a katan kills Rachman al-Islam, kills a person. The halacha is that typically when a shore kills a person, the bailam have to pay kofar, which is a knas. It's a slap on the wrist from the Torah that you really, your shmirah went to the nth degree and you really did a poor job of managing, so you have to pay kofar. However, in this case, the apotropis, while he is on the hook for tashlumen, for payments of chatzin ezek and ezek shalim on behalf of b'cheir uh, shot v'katan, however, when it comes to kofar, he does not pay. So the Gemara wants to know, Mantana kufra kapara. Who's of the opinion that kofar is really a din in kapara? And because the asomim are ketanim, therefore they have no din of kapara, their children, um, and therefore they're putter from kofar, so is the apotropis. And v'yasme la bar kaparnin. Who, who is the author of our brisa, who understands the underpinnings of our brisa as we just presented? It's a sheet of Rabbi Shmuel Benosh of Yochan ben Baroka, one of the longest names in, in all of Shas. The Tanya, the Bryce writes, the Pasuk reads, Venosan Pidyon Nafsho, Demei Nizak. Rabbi Shmuel says in the name of Yochan ben Baroka that we're talking about the Demei Nizak. And as we focus on the Nizak, who was uh, the one who was the Nizak in this case? So the Nizak was the one who was damaged. That's a person who was killed. We focus on him, but we don't focus on the children. Rabbi Shmuel, uh, Rabbi Shmuel, Omer, Mazik. We have to focus on the one who caused the damage. The one who caused the damage is a Katan. Because he's a Katan, he's Pater from Kapara. My We are on Mem Amid Aleph, about a third of the way down. Sorry. So the Gemara says, after analyzing uh, the Brisa where that starts to Tanya Venosan Pidyon Nafsho, the Gemara says, but perhaps the Machlokas between the Rabbon and Rabbi Shmoses follows. Perhaps the Rabbon are of the opinion that Kofir is a din in Mamanus, and that's why they follow the Dmei Nizak, because we're paying someone something, right? If we have a punishment called Kofir, why do we have Kofir? If you say it's a din and mumminess, that's because I damaged you. It's because of you. So I measure according to you. He says, no, I don't have to pay kofir for you. You happen to be the recipient. But I'm paying kofir because I need to become fixed. I need kapara. By the way, fascinating. Fascinating. The din of kofir in the Torah is a machlokes as to why we do it. Is it because I injured you, you deserve something? Or is it because I need fixing? Fascinating chakira in the Gemara. It's always going to be you, the, the, the Nizak. But the lumdus behind, you happen to be the Nizak because of our dynamic. But the lumdus of Kofir, is it a din in you? And therefore, I measure how much I owe based on damages I caused. Or do we say, no, it's I need it because I did something wrong and I need Kapara. Therefore, we're Shaimin and Bidmei Mazik based on myself. 
So there's a hakira as to how kofar works. Says the Gemara, no, we're halfway down, just about halfway down on Mem Amur Aleph, Amr Papalo. That's not the, the appropriate understanding of the Machlokas Rabbanan and Rabbi Shmuel in regards to the Pasuk of Anasan Pijon Nafsho. Because really, the Kuleyama Kufra Kaparahi, everyone agrees that Kufra is a din in Kapara, namely, it focuses in on me, on the Mazik. So what then is the machlokas between the Rabban and Rabbi Shmuel Benosh of Yochanan ben Baroka? Rabbanon sabre bedenizak shayminon that even though it's true kufra is kapara, but lemaisa injured your animal. So even though it's for me, but I injured your animal, so then I'm going to measure according to you. Rabbi Shmuel Benosh of Yochanan ben Baroka savar bedemazik shayminon. And my time with the Rabbanon, why would the rabbi say that we focus on the Nizak? Says the Gemara, Nemra Shisa Lamata, Nemra Shisa Lamala. We have the word Shisa in our Pasuk over here, Be'im Kofer Yushas Alav, and in another Pasuk as well. And says the Gemara, Malaholan Bidinizak, Avkan Bidinizak, namely, the reason why we focus in on the Nizak in regards to our case of the Pasuk of Anasan Pidyon Nafsho is not because of some halachic svara, but it's because it's a, it's a Xeris Akasa. We have Ashva, we have a Xeris Shava between two worlds. Uh, of Shisa and Shisa, and therefore it's been the Nizak Shaiminon. So that's why the Rabbanon say we measure by the Nizak. Look at the Pasuk. It's not by the Nizak. The Pasuk is talking about he should give according to his Nefesh. Who's the he? It's talking about the Mazik. Who's the one giving? The Mazik. So if it's Venosan Pidyon Nafsho, so then we should assume that because the Nasina is by the Mazik, so too the Nafsho is by the Mazik, and therefore, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shmuel, Benosh Rabbi Yochanan, Maroka Savar, I'm just going to call him Rabbi Shmuel from now on. Okay, is everyone okay with that? Rabbi Shmuel is of the opinion that it is Bidim Mazik Shaininan. Ayy, Rabbanan, what about the Pasuk? Rabbanan, what do they say? In, you're absolutely right. Pidyon Nafsho Ksiv, you're 100% correct that the Pasuk is referring to the Mazik. I agree with you. Mihu, that's only Kishai Minan. That's only in regards to the actual payment. The payment comes from, obviously, from the Mazik. However, Mihu Kishai Minan, when we're measuring what he pays, that is Bidin Nizak Shai Minan, end of this particular sugya. Namely, we don't have a clear understanding of the Machlokas because there's two possible ways to understand it. Um, and what we started with today uh, was the brisa of Aputropsin Mishalman Minha Ali Mishalman Kofer, and we tried to establish the author of that brisa as Rabbi Shmuel Benosh of Yochanan Ben Baroka. We are now two thirds of the way down. We're starting at the beginning of the line. Mema Meralev, two thirds of the way down. Meshabeach Le Ravale Rav Nachman. Rava was talking to Rav Nachman, and he was praising Bidirav Acha Bar Yaakov the Adam Gadolu. Amar and he says to Rav Nachman, the Cheshiyah of the Yarcha, Viliyadi. I'm sorry, uh, that doesn't make sense. Rava can't say that to Rav Nachman, it's rude. It's a backwards generation. That's like our generation, where my kids tell me, cereal. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, in the cabinet, and you can't talk to me like that, right? So our generation is like that. They were more respectful. I misexplained the Gemara. Rava was, Rava was talking to Rav Nachman about how great Rav Acha Bar Yaakov was, and Rav Acha Bar Yaakov was coming to town. So Rav Nachman told Rava, that makes sense, the third century Amora telling the second, the fourth century Amora, Rav Nachman says, I want to meet Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. Great Talmud Chacham. Three-fourths of the way down. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov said, feel, it's Q&A. feel free to ask away any questions you want. And he double-stumped him. Who knew?
Here's the double stump. Says the Gemara as follows. Bamine as follows. Let's say that you and I together own an animal. When the animal that we co-own has killed a human being, and we have a din of kofar and chumash, how does it get paid? Do we say mishalim high kofar high kofar? Do we both pay a din of kofar? Because remember, if kofar is kapara, then I need it, and I'm an owner, so I have to pay. I have to pay kofar. You, the nizak, get a double dose. You locked out because we're shutfin. Or do we say high chatsi kofar high chatsi kofar? Each of us pays fifty percent. Um, oh, sorry, I skipped a line. Do we say Kate said and Kofer? Do we say Mishalim high Kofer by high Kofer? The problem is Kofer of Kofer. The problem is that that's not what the Pusik says. The Pusik says, Im Kofer, you San Nafsho, you So, or do we say, no, high Chatsi Kofer by high Chatsi Kofer? If you want to say that perhaps if you and I are co owners of a short that killed a person and we have a din of Kofer, maybe I pay half of the Kofer. And you pay half of the kofar. The Gemara doesn't like this either. Kofar shalim amarachman of lochatzi kofar. That doesn't check the box either. So he finished asking the Shailah. And the Gemara says, When Rav Achabar Yaakov was sitting and pondering Rav Nachman's question, Rav Nachman threw another uh, another Shailah into the mix. We have a Mishnah. When a person makes a commitment to pay to hektish the value of erech and the value of, let's say, person X, the Torah details how much the value is for a man, for a woman, for a child, and people of a certain age. So the Gemara says, when it comes to chayve erech, and once a person says that, uh, we make sure to set aside some collateral to ensure that he actually pays. However, chayve chatos ve'ashamos, when a person has a chatas or an asham that they're chayv there, ein nin oso. We do not force uh, a collateral to ensure their payment. Okay, those are the parameters. How does kofer fit in? Chayve kofer mai. Chayve kofer in mai. Which bucket do we say that kofer is in? When a person owes kofer, is he in the bucket of erechen, and therefore we need to have collateral in order to ensure that he pays the kofer? Or is this more in the bucket of chatos v'asham, where we're not concerned he's going to forget, and therefore no need for collateral? The Gemara articulates the, the question. Two lines before the middle with lines as follows. My Kevin the Kapara, who since he needs Kapara, then it's Kichatas for Asham Dami and Michmer Chomir Ilave, because Achatas then an Asham is very strict on him. So too, that's the case over here. And therefore, below Boy Mashkune, and therefore, we don't have to gain collateral for him. And therefore, Kofar is obviously very serious because you're trying to get Kapara. So it's in the bucket of Chatas for Asham. So no Mashkun required. Oh, Dilmor, perhaps Kevin to the Chavre with the Boy the Misfile, because I have to give it to you, the Nizak. The money is going to you, therefore, Mamonahu, below the Gvoa, who is not going to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and therefore, below Chamir we're much less, it's not really this way, should be this way, we're less scared of people than we are of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Therefore, we need to have some type of collateral to guarantee your payment of your Kofir. So uh, that's one one set of options in regards to kofir. Inami, would we want to say since you yourself didn't do the chait, but rather umamonehudazik, your animal is the one that did the damage. Therefore, lochamir mil say the and therefore by mashkune. One way or the other, we're concerned. What bucket do we put kofir in? Do we put kofir in the bucket of uh, erchen? And there, because we're afraid that someone might not fulfill their obligations, just like by erchen we require a collateral, so too by kofir. Or do we say, no, the kofar is really in the realms of kapara. And because kofar is in the realms of kapara, so therefore, um, you don't need to have anything. So the Gemara says that Rav Achabar Yaakov responded to Rav Nachman, Amar Lei, Shavkan, gotta stop. Leave me alone. Istagar ve 
You already closed me out on the first one. Namely, you're asking me the second question. I haven't even processed your first question. So you got to let me be. I don't know the answer to either of your questions. And the Gemara concludes with no responses at all. It's not even a teku. It's just an interrupted story. I don't know what the halach is, but that's what the Gemara says. That brings us to the two dots, eight lines from the bottom toward the end of the line. Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis have a brisa, two-part brisa. Sha'alu, let's say I borrowed an animal and I did so b'chez kastam. I borrowed your animal with the assumption, the halachic assumption that it was docile, v'nimsa muad, and then I find out that your animal is in fact a muad. Then the bailim, if in fact then the animal damages, now that it's a muad, what do we typically owe with an animal that's a muad? Nezek shalim. So the Gemara says, bailim is nezek. The owners, that's the mashil, the person who lent to the animal, the actual owner pays chatzinezek. Vishoel mashalim chatzinezek. And I, the borrower, let's say I'm the owner, you're the borrower. You have to pay chatzinezek and I have to pay chatzinezek. The nizak in total gets one nezek shalim, but each of us split it and we pay halfsies. Does shalim have to pay for all damages that happen? A shoal typically is is fully achroi, but this case was an unfair case because there was a miscommunication. He thought his animal was a tam, but the bailam never told him it was a muad. So this is not a normal case. You're right. In general, a shoal is the highest level of shmira. You have to treat it like your own. If I borrow your car and I damage it, I'm 100% liable. But if I borrow your car after you took the lug nuts off of the back wheel and I didn't know that, then we split that's what's happening here. You you were not clear with me. I borrowed your animal. I thought it was Tom. It was a muad. But then in that case, it shouldn't be a split at all. Because if I took those lug nuts off, then I'm a Russia. It's, it's my... It's, what's the difference here? I could be mechalik between the two cases of the muad and the lug nuts. I could be mechalik. But the point is that in regards to the case of the animal, you did not tell me your animal was a muad. Therefore, my shmira was a Tom shmira and not a muad shmira. On the one hand, I, I, I'm required to have a level of shmirah, so therefore the tzad tomos, I should be pay the tom piece. But to tell me that I'm chayav nezek shalim when you didn't communicate that your animal, you should have told me. You should have told me. So you're right. Classically, we would have said that. But here, there's a curveball because you didn't communicate the fact that your animal's a muad. So it's not a classical case. That's case number one. That's why you and I split the chati nezeks to total the nezek shalim, which is what is really due to the victim. Absolutely. That's part one of the b'risa. Here's part two. Huad b'veis shoel. Let's say you gave me a tan, taka, and I just didn't do a good job, and the animal became a muad in my property. Here you go. Take it back. Um, I'm done with your animal. So then, that's on me. I have to pay chati nezek. V'shoel pater miklum. I don't even understand how that works, right? The bailem pay nothing. That bailem is shalman, sorry, bailem is shalman chatzin nezek. And then the shoals patr miklum. Who was damaged? The third party or? After the animal became a muad and I gave it back to you, then it damaged. A third party, an unrelated party. An unrelated party became damaged. And it has to be that way because otherwise the shoal would be chayav. Because if I, then it was my shmirah. Obviously, it wasn't my shmira because otherwise the shoal would be chayim. And the bailam are only chayim for chatzinezek. Why? Because it didn't become muad under their watch. It didn't, as far as he knew, it was a tam. So with that damage was tam from his perspective. And remember that an animal cannot become muad without the bailam having yudias. So therefore, from the perspective of the baal, it's chatzinezek damage. Let's analyze. Five lines from the bottom. Omar Mar. 
We had said, That was the first case of this brysa, where I had borrowed your animal under the assumption that it was docile, and I then find out, once it's in my permission, this animal is a behemoth gasa, and he's wild, and he's muad. Bailin, we had said that the owners are Mishalman Chatzinezek Vishal Chatzinezek. So says the Gemara, you know, a text you were asking, maybe the Shal should pay everything. The Gemara wants to say the other way. It's like a Mekach Tos. <laughs> you told me that your car had four tight wheels. Your car has three tight wheels. So the Gemara says, Ve'amai, why would the show have to pay anything? I borrowed a shore from you. Arya lo she'ili. I didn't borrow a lion from you. I walked in. The first thing the animal did was bite my chicken's head off. Totally unreasonable. I didn't know why should I pay anything? So Amar of Rav that there was something didn't pass the smell test. Then the person, the Shoel, saw This is a very confusing language because what does it sound like from this language? It sounds like from this language that the animal's a muad. That's not what it means. What the Gemara is saying is that the case was where I borrow from you. And then really I thought it was a Tom and it was a Muad and the damages, we split the payments. Why split? I'm the show. I was given an animal that I thought was a short. You gave me a, a wild, a wild animal. I had no idea that it was a Muad. But Lemaisa, I saw that the animal was acting wildly and I should have put a chain around its neck and I should have limited its behavior. So says the Gemara, but still, at the end of the day, Lemaisa, even though it's wild, it's not yet a Muad. And if that's true, Tom Muad, Lo still. Even if I see that your animal is acting wildly, Lemaisa, I should be able to argue to you that you gave me an animal that was behaving not normal. Okay, it's not a muad yet, but it's on the way to being muad. I'm watching him kicking everything in sight. It's a bull in a china shop, literally. It's not normal. So it says the Gemara, no, Mishum de Omar lay. What, what can the mashil, what can the lender say to the borrower? Two lines from the bottom. So, so, itam have a Well, Lemaisa, you, Mr. Shoel, what would have been the din if it was a shoel? If it was a tam, you would have had to pay chazi nezek. Okay, ashtonami zil shlim palganizka. Stop whining. At the end of the day, you're going to be chayiv chazi nezek. I'm not asking you to pay nezek shalim. The Bryce is only saying pay chazi nezek. Bryce is only saying stop complaining. It's the same chazi nezek tam, and it's the same chazi nezek muah. Just leave it be. It says the Gemara. No, it's not. What's the difference between, this is a good Bikiyas question for Baba Kama. What's the difference between chazi nezek of a muad and, and the punishment of uh, of a tam. The difference is how you pay. That's what the Gemara says. Malay. I, the borrower, can say to you, no, itam, uh, itam haba, if in fact the animal had been a tam and not a muad, then mishtale migufo, I would have paid from the animal itself. But had it been that the animal was a muad, I'd have to pay me'aliyah out of my pocket, even beyond the cost of migufo. So you, the lender, cannot argue to me, ah, you would have paid half anyways. That's a terrible argument because the half of a tam is mishtali migufo from the animal itself. Masha'enken, when you are paying from a muad, the animal is migufo. That's is me'aliyah. That's money out of my pocket. Totally not comparable. Can an animal become muad when it's in the Shoah? Only as it relates to the Shoah. Okay. Because if the bilem don't have dust and it became a muad, then it's not because their shmir would change. But then, then the shalom would be upright. Correct. It's a muad. Nezek shalom. Correct. If that happened. Your shoel. That was your. That was your point before. Your mom is a full shoel. you're the bilem. Here things get confusing when there's miscommunications or things get confusing when I give you back the animal, which we're going to discuss as well in a few minutes. Says the Gemara, Mishum de Amar 
what was the response to this uh, this distinction that uh, Tom is Mishale Migufo and and Muad is paid Me'aliyah? Yishum Amar so so. At the end of the day, you're going to have to give me an animal one way or the other. It's a very strange argument. What would the borrower say back to the lender? Top of Mem Amidbeis. And we're going to be heading to the Mishnah on the top of Mem Aleph Amid Aleph. Itam Hava. Oh, this is Lundish. I love this. These conversations don't really happen nowadays because we don't have Knossim. In fact, even in Bavel, they couldn't pass in Knossim. But in Eretz Yisrael, they could. So the guy who was the borrower said, well, no, if it was a Tom, Modina, I could have just admitted that something happened. Umifterina. Why? Rashi. Famous Shas concept. Rashi uh, says on the top of Memo Mibbez, Dibur Hamaschel Haba Modina Miftarina, Tepalganiska Knossa, Umode Beknas Potter. So says the Gemara, you, the lender, want to tell me, oh, you would have had to pay Chatzinezek anyways. No, I wouldn't. Because when there's an animal that's a tam, and it's palganiz knasa, if Chatzinezek is really a knas, then that allows us to trigger a, a din of modavik knas's putter. So don't tell me that there's no difference between a tam and a muad. If it's if it's a tam, I can be mode and be putter entirely. So the Gemara says, And even according to the Shita who says that Chatzinezek is not a knas, and Chatzinezek is mamon, still the borrower can argue, I would have let the animal run out of my gate never to be seen again. Why? Because when we pay from a, for a tam, we always pay me gufo. And if there is no goof, there is no payment. So again, whether or not you hold, Palganiska is a knasa, or Palganiska is mamona, which is a machlokas that we saw earlier in this masechta. Lamaisa, one way or the other, if in fact it's a tam, whether or not it's a knas, because then you be pater from modu knas pater, or mamona, you'd still be pater because once the animal runs away, there's no migufo to pay for. So the Gemara says, you're absolutely right, and we need to try and find another explanation of our case. And that was what the Gemara was trying to find out. Let's repeat our question. Why does the borrower have to pay Chatzinezek if you, the lender, never told me your animal was a muad? Says the Gemara, where are we? We are three lines down on Memo Mubeitz, Alahacha Skinan, Kigon, the Aktim Right away, when the animal made its errors, it did its uh, gorings. Bezdin captured the animal. They sent out animal control with one of those funky leashes and they, they captured the animal. Now, if that's true, why then would the Bailem have to pay Chatzinezek? We understand why the Shoal has to pay Chatzinezek because we know where the animal is now and you are the Shoal, so you're Chayv Chatzinezek. But why would the Bailem have to pay Chatzinezek? So the borrower would argue, name a lay, sorry, the lender would say to the borrower, you got my animal captured by someone that I can't take to Bezdin because they are Bezdin. What am I going to do? I can't. That's just not the structure. I could take my, my problems out against a yachid, against an individual, but I cannot take out my problems against a Bezdin. So it says the Gemara, Mishum de Amar the borrower can say back to the lender, I ahadarte nehalach. Even had I given you the animal back, what would have happened? Bezdin would have picked up the animal anyways. It's a dangerous animal. So they would have picked up the animal. 
says no. The Bailam could say back, the, the, the lender can say to the borrower, had you given me back my animal, I would have done what you recommended and I would have let my animal run away. Go run down by the field because if it's Tom, I only have to pay the victim me gufo. And if there is no gufo, then I don't have to pay. Says the guy, he says back to him, Either way, aren't you paying me? This isn't a normal case. We're talking about a case where Bezdin picked up the animal after it became a muad. And therefore, you'd have to pay anyways. So this is answer number two and a more successful answer, it seems, as to why we have chatzinezek. One way or the other, the bailam pay chatzinezek and the shol pays chatzinezek. Seemingly, there's a split of responsibility as to each of them paying their nezek shalim. Let's just remember, and this is important for the next piece, is that there are three parties involved here. You are the lender who owns Betsy. I borrowed Betsy, and Betsy damaged Ruvain's animal. So we have a third party, which is Ruvain, whose animal actually got gored. We didn't even discuss that person yet. So now we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation about that. 12 lines down, Memamudbez, 12 lines approximately. Hanicha hecha de nichse. I could understand that you have to pay from Aliyah, you have to pay from your property when you have some resources. But let's say you don't have any. What then would be the din if you have no properties at all? How would you pay? Says the Gemara, Just like I owe money to you, then you need to pay the third person. And this is the same thing as Mita Reb Nassan. This looks a lot like Maimit Shlashtan, but it's actually called Shibuda de Reb Nassan. Titania, the Brysa writes, a third of the way down, Reb Nassan Omer, I lend you money, and you lend money to a third person, that we can just have person A pay back person C. And that is how we answer that question. Now let's move on to the safe of the Brysa. We had said that if while I, the Shoel, am holding on to Betsy, your animal, the animal becomes muad in my property. That the bailim, the owners, have to pay chatzinezek once I return it. And as we've described already, that's because the bailim were never given fair warning that the animal was a muad. And you can't say that the shmirah of the bailim is going to be muad level shmirah when all they know is the animal that they lent out was a muad and that I was a tam and then they got it back. So says the Gemara, not really being medayik on that per se, but really raising a difference between the Reisha and the Seifa. Seifa, it seems, is Rishus Mishana. Look what happened to the animal. When I returned the animal to you, by me you gave me a tam. By me the animal became a muad. I gave it back to you. What did you only pay when he damages again? Chatzinezek. Which means that by me it was a muad, and by you, by the Bailam, it became a tam. What do we see in the Seifa of the Mishnah? Seifa, Rishus Mishana. We see that when we change the Rishus of the animal, the animal falls back to its Tom status. However, Reisha, in regards to the first case of our Mishnah, Eino Mishana. What was the first case of our Mishnah? So the first case of our Mishnah was where you gave me an animal that was a muad and I didn't know it. We still treat it like a muad. And when you gave it to me, it seems that Rishus is Eino Mishana because I still have to pay Nezek Shalem, at least in aggregate, we pay Nezek Shalem. So the Gemara says about this halfway down, this is Akasha. The Gemara says, Seifa Rishus Mishana, and Resha Rishus Eno Mishana. 
the Reisha and the Seifa seem to have a stira that the Seifa says, Rishus Mishana, that when I give the animal back to you, it becomes a tam again. But in the Reisha, when you, the, the Mashiel, gave me the show of the animal, it was not Mishana. It stayed a Muad the whole time. Three answers. Amr of Yochanan, one of my favorite answers in Shas, Tabra. The Mishnah is broken. There's a problem. And what it means when the Mishnah is broken is not that it's not accurate, but rather, Mishishanazu, Lo Shanazu. The author of the Reisha and the author of the Seifa are not the same people. They're just different Baalei Plukta, and we're all fine and good. The Gemara then says another answer. No. Rabba Amarmi de Reisha Rishosena Mishana, just like in the Reisha, that it stays muad the whole time, even when it changes Rishos from the Mashil to the Shoel. Seifa Nami Rishosena Mishana. The same thing is true in the Seifa. Aye, but wait one second. In the Seifa, it seems that when it goes back to the Bailam, it becomes a Tam. So it says the Gemara of the Seifa, why does it become a Tam again in the Rishus Bailam? This is not a normal case. Here, I did not uh, let you ask you to be Meyayed my shore, and I had nothing to do with that. So that's answer number two from Raba. And answer number three, and we're two-thirds of the way down, six lines before the wide lines on Memo Mabes. Rav Papa Amrami the Seifa Rishos Mishane. We follow the Seifa. Just like in the Seifa, the Rishos says Mishane, that when I, the Shoel, who while I was watching your animal, it became a Mu'ad, I gave it back to you. And yet we see that even when I gave it back to you, if there's damage, you only pay Chatzinezek, which shows that it dropped in status from the Shoel's Rishos, which was a Mu'ad, down to your status, to buy them to make it a Tom. So then Veresha, Hainu time. So the Gemara says, Rapapa, Rami, the Seifa, Rishos, Mishana, Resha, Nami, Rishos, Mishana. So how do we explain the Resha where it seems like it was Mu'ad the whole time? The Gemara says, Resha, Hainu time, Mishum, Dechol, Makom, Sholech, Shem, Baila, Bala. The Gemara says, and this is uh, this is Mafrich, the whole sugya. This idea says that um, if you have my animal and my animal is a certain status, then even if I give it to you, it always has shame by the malav. That's Karish's animal. Everybody knows it. It has a, it has a necklace on it, it has a bell. The cow has a bell and it says Karish on the bell. Everybody has a leash. Everybody knows whose animal it is. And therefore, because it's shame by the malav, it's ki'ilu, I give you my car. We know what kind of cars everybody drives. We're not stalking you. It's just over time, your brains pick up what kind of cars people drive. So I know if I'm, if you see me driving someone else's car, you'll say, why are you trying, driving this person's car? Why are you driving that person's car? We know. Cows for sure. That was their culture. So everybody knows whose animal that is. And therefore, AFLP that in general, a shoal has the highest level of shmira. But here, because you're borrowing something that has a shame to it, so therefore, there is no Rishus Mishana in this case. Fascinating answer with massive halachic implications in regards to Shas. Every case of Shoal would need to be reassessed through this lens of does it has, have shame bailam on it or not. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, Two-thirds of the way down, four lines before the wide lines. We had spoken about the Shor Ha'itzdaden, a shore that was used to fighting, fighting in, a, in a stadium. So there we had said in our Mishnah, Misa, that if a shore that is trained to kill if that shore kills because he's trained to kill and because it's more his teva because of how we raised him, therefore the animal is not chayv misa if in fact he kills. So the Gemara says, let's say you have this shore ha'itzad and it's not his fault he was raised that way. But mahu lagabe mizbeach. Let's say you have a shore ha'itzad that in fact does kill. Would we allow that animal which killed 
to be brought on the Mizbech. We're probably familiar with the principle that things which are typically used to kill can't be used for the Mizbech. One of the famous reasons why the Mizbech was never made for metal implements because we didn't want uh, anyone to, we didn't want any association with that. So the Gemara has a machloke samoraim about whether or not an animal that kills, but it's a shor ha'it stadin, it's a stadium shore, as to whether or not it is going to be eligible for the Mizbech Rav Omar Kosher. We'll see at the conclusion today we paskin like Rav. Ushmuel Omar Pasel. Shmuel says the animal is not allowed. Rav Omar Kosher Anusu. What, what do you want him to do? He was trained to do this. This mamish takes away free will. Uh, what? Who knew there was Anus by an animal? Also, who cares? The animal killed. Why would that still right. be Shaykh to Mizbech? Right. Even it's older than the strength. The governor Malik was the king. He was required to be in war. He wasn't allowed to build the best because he had killed, right? He was an honest. He's also a king. He also has Bechir Rachavshis. Well, he was a king. It's a job. He's a king. You know what I'm saying? It's a job. So it's good. So he's honest. Was he honest, That's how we view him as honest for killing? I mean, I guess it really depends on who that's. He didn't do it because he enjoyed it. That's not the status of, that's not the threshold of honest. He wasn't honest. He intentionally, he intentionally willingly killed, knowing full well that it was his job. Right. That's absurd. Honest mm-hmm. for an animal implies that there's honest. But I mean, he's, the <laughs> animal is literally caged up and brought. The animal is, is yeah. trained to kill. So there we say, maybe maybe Dafka, because the animal has no Bechira, that if in fact you train an animal that way because he has no Bechira, the only thing this animal knows how to do is kill. And therefore he's Anus. That's what Rav Paskins. Ushmuel Amar Pasel, the animal's puzzle. Rav says, Kasher Kas Anus, Ushmuel Amar Pasel, Are never Nevad Boavera? What did say he killed? What does that mean? Nevad Boavera? Animals have Averas. It's a very odd Gemara. The whole thing is odd. Obviously, um, it's about the bilim, but the vehicle of that Avera was, was the animal. That's the actual language of ne'evad bo. The animal was used to do an Avera. It's a little bit of an interesting... Uh, it's used in other places, but not usually here. What? What'd you say? Which is used... In, it, it makes it sound almost like the animal is a tool. That is what it means. That's that's the funky language of Hare Ne'evad Bo Avera. Not Sha'avar Avera, which right. we would have said by mm-hmm. other person. Never Bo Avera. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a tool of... Why it's an onus? It's a tool of somebody who was no. the strings. No, but this is Shmuel. Shmuel says he's puzzled because he is a tool. The onus is by Rav, when Rav says, therefore the animal's kosher for the Mizbech. But this is Shmuel. Shmuel says puzzle. Why does Shmuel say puzzle? Because the animal was used for an Avera. All right, let's look at a brisa first of the long lines, three-fourths of the way down, Mema Mudbeis. Mesve, we have a brisa, Mina Behema. The full pasuk reads, Daber al-Bnei Yisrael v'martalehem adam ki akriv mikem korban Hashem mina ha-Behema. Mina bakar mina tzon ta'akriv u'es korban chem. That when you bring a korban from Behema, Bakar, and Tzom. We're going to make a, an exclusion on each of these. Mina Behema, lehotzias ha-Roveya, to exclude an animal that was Roveya, a male animal that was Roveya, um, a, a, a person, a female. The Eshanirva, or a female animal that was sodomized by a man, by a human, and that though they're excluded from the Mizbech. Those, these are the exclusions from the Mizbech. Mina Bakar, to exclude an animal that was Ne'evad, which was used for uh, Avodah Zarah. 
to exclude an animal that was set aside for Avodah even if it had yet to do the Avodah. That's what the Gemara says, to remove an animal that was no Geach. What does that sound like? Shmuel. Because we see that an animal that's no Geach is excluded from the Mizbeach. And the Brisa continues, Amar Shimon, both of them are over Avera. Revia is an Isser, and Nagicha is an Isser. I don't know that a Balabas would have compared the two. They sound like different genres of Isurim. But Lemai says it relates to the animal. An Isser is an Isser is an Isser. If one's not allowed, the other shouldn't be allowed. So Rav Shimon's trying to clarify why do we have this distinction, this uh, delineation of different things? Why do we have that... Um, we have to speak both about a rovea and the nogeach. Says the Gemara, Mipnei, There is a chiddush in the world of rovea of the sodomy cases. And there's something. There's a chiddush in the goring cases. Rovea in regards to an animal that is rovea, a male animal that sodomizes a woman. So there, not even sodomy, but any intercourse at all. The animal has no distinction between onus and rasa. No geach, however, when it comes to goring, there's a difference between intent and not having intent. That's one distinction. And the second is no geach, when a no geach, when an animal gores and kills, the halacha is, mishalim kofir, he's obligated to pay. However, rovea, if an animal is uh, intimate with a female, with, an, with a person, and he kills her, then he's not chayav to pay kofir. So because of these various differences, so this brysa seems stark like Shmuel, because the brysa says with clarity that a nogeach, an animal that gores, is not shaykh to the mizbech. The Pasuk says, when you bring a korban, it should be mina behema. We excluded that. What about Minatzon? Minatzon was our drasha. Minatzon, not Minatzon, mina, yeah, Uminatzon, the Vav of Uminatzon, teaches us that an animal that was no gech cannot be brought on the Mizbeach. Katani Mihas, what did we learn in the Brisa? Rovea asa bo'onis keratzon, no gech lo asa bo'onis keratzon. It seems that a no gech, one way or the other, that a no gech is not going to be hukrab. Uh, doesn't this come to teach us that a, an animal that does nagicha is going to be ineligible for the mitzbeach? And therefore, our case of shor ha'itzdaden, an animal that's trained to kill, we should therefore say, we asked Akash in the beginning of the sugis, is, is that animal eligible for the mitzbeach? We should say from the brysa, no. So therefore, the Gemara says, no, lo. What we're talking about in this brysa, as it relates to the nogeach and to the rovea, is whether or not is lekatala, do we kill the animal? There, uh, that is what we're talking about. But the conversation in the brysa is bichlal not talking about korbanos. And therefore, we don't know whether or not the animal uh, would be eligible. A little bit of an odd answer, because look at the beginning of the brysa. Mina behema lahotzi hasarovea, Right? So now we have to re-understand all of this. It doesn't mean in regards to korbanos. It means that these animals do or don't get killed. That's how seemingly that would understand. And Achanami Mistabra, that we're talking in the Bryce about Ketala, about death, and this Marimakum is not a raya at all about korbanos. Why? Because the Iamris, the korban, if you want to say that an animal 
that we that our Bryce is talking about korbanos no geach in regards to an animal that gores lo asabonus keratzon lav onustideksi lav ratzon dideksi but has nothing to do with the with the ratzon of the animal he has no idea what he's doing elolah perhaps we should say that in fact it's likatala it can't be about korbanos and therefore it could be that it's just about killing and therefore we don't have an answer to our question the gemara leaves this unanswered. Just another 12 lines or so. Amar Mar, four lines from the bottom. Let's analyze another part of the Brisa. This was the part of the Brisa where Shimon was showing distinctions between Nogeach and Rovea as to why we needed both cases. If anyways, the animal had done an Isser, perhaps we already have clarity. Why bring both the case of Nogeach and, and Rovea? We highlighted in the Gemara a couple of distinctions, and here's one that the Gemara is going to pick up on. The Gemara says, no We said that if an animal gores and kills a person, the halacha is that he's chayv to pay kofir for, for the death of the person. But But an animal that sodomizes a woman or is intimate with a with a woman, then he does not pay kofir. What's the case? If you want to say that the animal was intimate with a woman and killed her, who cares how she dies? If she dies by goring, she gets kofar. If she dies by revia, she doesn't get kofar. Who cares how the animal kills her? If he kills her with a horn or with his avertash, what's the difference? Avertashmish, who cares? Why isn't it chayev kofar one way or the other? Why do we say that only benegicha you're chayev kofar, but uh, by revia you're not chayev kofar for killing her? If you want to say the Rav if you want to say that the animal was Rovea, that he sodomized her, but he didn't kill her, so then the case doesn't make sense at all. Why would you say that a Nogeach is Chayv Kofir, but Rovea is not Chayv Kofir? What's the case, Bichlam? I don't even understand it. The Gemara says, Really, we're talking about a case where the animal was intimate with a woman. And he did not kill her. The animal did not kill her in the act of intimacy. But she was the nirva. So she is killed. A woman who is nirva by an animal gets killed. She was killed by Bezdin. What was the Havamin of the Gemara? Ma'udetema, turning to the top of Mem Aleph Amar Aleph, that Keman the Katla Dami, Kamash Malan. I might have thought that if an animal was Rovea, a woman, and then Bezdin kills her because she was nirva, because she was sodomized by an animal. I might have attributed her death to the animal's revia, and therefore there's a chiyuv kofer, kamash malan, there's no chiyuv kofer. That's answer number one. Rava Omar, not true. Laolam de Rava Vikatla. Really, uh, he and the, when we talk about a case of an animal that is potter from kofer by revia, it's even where he killed her. If you want to say, who cares how she's killed? If the animal killed her, or if the animal killed her, she should still receive kofir. Her family should still receive kofir. Why distinguish? Because the Gemara says that animals know what they're doing to some degree. We've already seen some pikeach animals. This is a bit of a lower level. Karen, when it comes to an animal that's attacking with its horns, it knows that it's kavanasulahazik. But hi, when an animal is roveya, when an animal is being intimate with a woman, kavanasulanos atzmo. That's pasha, not a form of murder. It's not a form of murder that animals use. 
Says the Gemara, B'may Pligi, what is the machlokes between the two of them? Says the Gemara, the fundamental machlokes between the two of them is B'regel Shadar Shal Hanizak. Really what they're talking about, the application of our case of Revia that led to murder is in regards to Regel, where the, where the baby was killed. Not different than Revia that led to murder. Neither of them have, had intent to do that. So the Gemara says, According to Abaye, there would be kofer. The Rav, that's what the Gemara says. And Tanya Kavase, the Rav, who holds that the animal uh, that was a Shorha Yitzadin, the fact that it's not eligible for the Mizbeach, we have a Raya for this. The Brisa says, Tanya Kavase, the Rav, Shorha Yitzadin, Eino Chayib Misa, the word me'use means that the animal is forced. And therefore, because the animal was forced to do to be a shorhaid stadin, it's therefore eligible for the mizbech. We will stop right here. Tomorrow night, we're learning on time, but not in person, only over Zoom. We will pick up Emir Tashem on Thursday. I'm gone for Shabbos. David will sub, wishing you all a beautiful night.